Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to plug the upcoming free masterclass that we're going to be doing on Tuesday, May 16th. We will have two times, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So that's also 12 and 3 Eastern. The title of the masterclass is the most common legal and tax mistakes at each stage of business and how you can avoid them. I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to manage your business gremlins like the finances and legalities to creating ease, automation, and peace of mind. So I'm going to teach you on the masterclass for about 40, 45 minutes. And then in the end, like always, I'm going to open the doors to Unfuck Your Biz, our signature program, where you can work with us as a cohort with another group of students, step-by-step through our six-part Unfuck Your Biz framework. So if you're excited to learn more, see what the options are going to be for us to help you get everything squared away in your business that you've had on your to-do list for a while now. You need to come and check it out and join us on the free training. That's going to be at www.bradendrake.com forward slash masterclass. And we will, of course, link that in the show notes. Now, enjoy the show. All righty, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Braden. And today I am joined by Jesse Hinkle. Jesse, how are you? Good. Beautiful. Can you tell everyone listening just a little bit about yourself? what you do for business, where you're located, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, I am located right in the middle of the country in Nebraska. Um, and I do wedding and event videography, um, mostly weddings, beautiful days. And um, yeah, I like to make people feel feel something. And so it's a lot of fun. Beautiful. And are you, um, I feel like I have to ask, are you a Nebraska volleyball fan? Who I mean, yeah, yeah. We got, <laughs> got Cornhuskers. We got volleyball. We got football, and you have to be a fan if you live here. I think it's a requirement. Okay, it's the only like it's the only state I know of where the default answer to that question would be yes. But I just read yesterday that they sold out the Nebraska football stadium for one of their volleyball games. Yeah, it was a huge deal, and I think it sold out in like minutes. They sold they... out whole football stadium for a volleyball game. Is it a rivalry game or is it like the opening game of the season? Do you know? I don't even know that. I should Google it. I I figured it would make sense if it was like Wisconsin or Minnesota, one of the other like really good Big Ten schools, but we'll see. My husband and I, our girls are bringing the crowd. Like I don't think it matters. My husband and I are both big volleyball fans, and we live in San Diego, which traditionally doesn't. We don't have a huge sports community here, but San Diego actually made the Final Four in volleyball last year, which was kind of kind of wild. Um. Anyhow, I'm sure that's a very niche interest that not a lot of my audience is really following. <laughs> so let's get a little bit back on track. When did you start your business, Jesse? Um, I have been doing this for about 10 years. 10 years. Okay. So like 2013-ish? Um, yeah. Kind of off and on, whether it was solid this or if I had another job at the same time. But yeah. 
where did you pick up like where did you pick up the skills for videography because it was like a lot of technical stuff you have to learn to do that uh my husband is a high school teacher and he teaches um journalism digital broadcast photography so I would say he's a pretty good teacher yeah yeah must be must be okay that's that's awesome I was thinking it's just fine uh fun to hear how people get started because I bought like I bought an icon when I was in college and I was going to take like an intro to photography course And then it ended up conflicting with like another class. And long story short, I never even learned how to use my camera. And I sold it like three years later. Just, well, yeah, he had all this stuff at school and enough people would ask him like, hey, can you film my wedding or my daughter's wedding? And so he's like, well, I have the equipment. And then slowly he started doing it. And then I started helping him. And I'm like, I really like this better than my actual job. So maybe to just start taking it over. So it's worked out pretty well. And actually tomorrow I'll be filming my 100th wedding. Oh, nice. Congrats. Yeah. So when you started, so he kind of started out, you started helping and then you really took it over and now it's your thing. Yeah. When he started, was he doing this like on a voluntary basis or just doing it for like a couple hundred bucks or what was that like? Yeah, real, real basic because he was, you know, just didn't know what he was doing, but people wanted this. There weren't a lot of videographers at that time. Like now it's like a huge, you know, business, but at the time it really wasn't. So he kind of just was just helping out friends and family. And then he'd be too busy to do the editing part. So I would, um, help him out with some of that. I'm like, I really, I really enjoy this. So it's nothing that I thought I would be doing, but I love it. Cause I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever like actually watched this, but I would imagine when my parent, like when my parents got married, I don't even know when they got married, like mid to late seventies, probably early eighties. The videography videography was probably just like a camera just pointed at the wedding ceremony the whole time with no editing. It's just like a pure recording. Yeah. So lots of times I, I do that also, like people will have a VHS tape of uh-huh. like 10 hours. Cause that's how much you can fit on one of those of an uncle with a video camera on his shoulder, just videoing, walking right. around. And so I'll take that, I'll make it digital and I'll make it five minutes. Like here's the oh, best that's awesome. your parents' wedding day. Cause you don't want to watch that. You know, yeah, I, was I, I, w- I was going to ask like, when did, when did the industry kind of shift from that to like actually base, I would call it like, a, it's basically a video production that you're creating, right? Like nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You get music and transitions and you get all the posing. And I mean, I would say probably. I mean, 2015 was big, I think, in like that. So, I mean, it's been. So is that the kind of editing you were doing, like when you very first started? So it's definitely different. Like, you know, when I watch my old stuff, I'm sure like when you watch, you know, look at first versions of stuff, I'm like, oh, I could do that better now. But it doesn't change that, like what the memories that you were captured, which is the whole point, are still beautiful. So, yes, I mean, capture them differently or add a different little like coloring would change on that but it's still so relevant and beautiful because that's what happened on their day so yeah. I love that about it. yeah yeah beautiful okay so uh shifting to the legal and tax stuff you know they're really they're really really sexy things that people come here for so you've been in business for about 10 years you when did you join profit rx when did you join the program uh, in December okay during our uh, December launch yeah so for 20- yeah, for everyone listening, um, we are now like we're now going to be launching Unfuck Your Biz again. It's been retired for two years. It's coming back, so we're putting the core, our core curriculum, back into that program. But that's what you've been going through. Um, 
tell us just broadly speaking, how were your legal and tax systems like before, like last year? Um, well, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't like doing it. So it was just kind of a, I don't like the numbers. I'm just going to do the bare minimum, turn in what I have to turn in to kind of meet my tax requirements. But I definitely didn't feel like I was in control of any of the numbers. Mm-hmm. When people would ask, um, you know, like, how much do you make? Well, I know how much money I bring in. But I really didn't know how much money I was making. Yeah. You know? Um, and it just kind of happened, but I didn't really know what was going on. I find a lot of folks, they either join. So we get some people who join because they're like brand, brand new. And they're, you know, they're the smart ones who realize like, I need to do this like right off, right off the bat. Other folks maybe like would have liked to have done it when they were brand new, but they hadn't found us yet. So I like to think that, you know, they just didn't have a good solution for other well, people. I wish I would have joined earlier because in September, so I've been in a business like for like 10 years, but just in September is when I created my LLC. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was just kind of searching and trying to find different resources online and kind of did that. So I wish I actually would have started <laughs> earlier because that section of your program, I'm like, oh, I did this on my own. I wish you would have walked, had you to walk me through that part. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. I'll, I'll ask you some questions about that in a minute. Um, I was just trying to find like, what's the, like, what's the, what's the, I can't even think of words today. It's Friday after all, but. Mm-hmm. What is the like breaking point, so to speak, that encourages people to join the program? Sometimes it's just like they hear about the program and they're like, that sounds great. We have other folks who join for a very specific reason. Um, what do you think it was for you, if you could say? I mean, is it saying that I was feeling like even having been in this business for a long time and having mm-hmm. bookings, I still felt like an imposter in my own business because I didn't feel like a business owner. Like I was doing business work that I loved, but I wasn't in, I didn't know all the things about my business. And so I felt a lot like an imposter and I just wanted to have more knowledge, I guess, about the business aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. So I was actually, I was at the gym yesterday and I was chatting with one of my friends and I was telling him about like a couple of client projects we're working on. And this friend is a CPA and he says, I think he's like, man, I think you have a pretty good gig because none of your people seem to know what they're like, know what they're doing. And I I was like, hold up now. So I was like, how to defend all of you. And so I'm not talking about you, Jesse, in particular, but I was like, yeah, but like they didn't go to school to be CPAs. Like these people, they don't have MBA. Like, why should they know this? Right. I'm like, not everyone can go to school for film or photography and then get an MBA and then take an accounting course. It's like right? totally unreasonable. So you all like everyone has to learn it at some point. And unfortunately, there's not, you know, like a clear crash course for people to take day one of their business. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that L- uh, LLC formation process. First of all, why did you decide to do it? So you did it in September. Mm-hmm. Um, We had I mean, at first I was kind of, this was just a side thing and I would do it on weekends, you know, and I had like another job. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just a hobby. And then I got more serious about it. And then we moved. So I stopped a little bit for a little bit. So kind of just trying to figure out, okay, when am I actually real enough to call myself, hey, you should make it official. And I finally just felt like I was. 
And that was that was this year. Well, 2022 is when you went like full time. Yeah. Well, because then I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, 2020 happened and then nothing felt certain. So I'm like, nope, this isn't the time. And so, yeah, I just kind of felt like I am established enough that I should make sure everything is lined up and that if I want growth, that like my family and my home and everything is protected and just make sure I was doing it the right way, but had no idea. Okay. So for you, it was less of like, I need to do this for the legal protection. It's more of like, I'm in this thing, I'm committed and doing an LLC is going to make me really feel like my business has like a solid footing on which to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So tell us about, did you do it like totally on your own or did you go through LegalZoom or something? Um, I did it all by myself. And how was that? It Well, it was scary because I didn't know if I was doing it right. Um, but really the, I guess once you get started and start going through it, at least like the sites and like the official websites, they do help you go through it. Like they don't just leave you. Yeah on your own. So at least like when I went to like the state of Nebraska website and I'm like, this is what I'm trying to do. They did make me feel like, okay, yep, this is the step. And then this is the next step. So I felt confident in doing it, but it was a lot of Googling first and trying to just randomly piece together free sources to figure out my, my starting steps. Yeah. Because they do like the, the state websites, they usually have all the answers. They're just not typically very clearly laid out and easy to find. Yeah. Um, okay. So you did your LLC, you did your LLC formation through the state of Nebraska website, I presume, or did you have to fill out mm -hmm. paper forms? Um, through the website. Did they have any um, fees for you to do that? There were, there were some fees along the way, but it all, yeah, nothing, nothing. out. Like it, like this, expected that this would be a little bit of an investment to start things off and, yeah most uh, state most states have like a filing fee of like 50 to like 150 dollars like somewhere in there and then yeah. presumably nebraska doesn't have any like big annual fee for the llc there is something annually because yeah i had to do they send you a little thing in that they, they are very helpful they send you this bright colored little postcard that says it's time uh -huh. to do so you can't miss it so i do appreciate right. that they're not just leaving us out yeah. Yeah. So you want to make sure you get that date on your compliance calendar inside of the program. So make sure you get that renewal date on there. Okay. Um, okay so you got the LLC formed. Did you get any spam mail after you formed your LLC? Oh, so much, <laughs> so much. Like what is happening? Uh-huh. Did any of it, like, did you, did any of it actually get you? Did you pay for it, any kind of bullshit nonsense? No. So it was very scary actually, because they get so much and it says like, oh, you have to do this and all these caps, but I had... By the time that stuff started rolling in, I had started and signed up for your course. And so Great. someone had asked about it on one of our co-working meetings, like someone mentioned, and I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about this paper and this paper. And so it did save me from stressing about it. And and Connie, Connie properly told you all that it was all yes, fake. Yes, yes. Yeah. She took care of me. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, they always, I just had, I literally just had someone email me about this yesterday because I think she's in Colorado and she got something from like Colorado, it was like Colorado Labor Poster Board. Yeah. <laughs> For the labor they law make posters. it seem so legit. And when you don't know what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. The the quickest for me, the quickest giveaway is usually like if it's a not, if it's not a .gov address, then it's probably fake because if it was coming from the state. It would be through, you know, like Nebraska, like Nebraska.gov or whatever. 
um, California Secretary of State.gov. Um, but yeah, most of it's like all spam. And a lot of the like those labor law poster ones, like you can get those posters for free, like through the state website. They're just accessible. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Okay, so you got the LLC formed. Um, are you doing an S-Corp now or later? Do you know? I don't think so. Like, I am definitely small. I'm small. And yeah. just so. Pretty... So when you say small, do you have, well, do you have revenue goals for the business moving forward? For so that's exciting because, like, I feel like I never had perspective on that before. Uh -huh. And it was like, okay, of course the goal is to make more money, but like, I didn't really know, like, also one of the things like in my business is, or do you just book more weddings? Like, do I want 10 weddings or am I growing if I book 20 weddings? But if I, you know, the pricing, those things, I think, because if I increase my prices and book less weddings, I could be growing also. Right. So right. some of that stuff I didn't even understand because I hate numbers. Um, <laughs> So now I do, I think I'm like, okay, I want to see what this looks like, see what I actually do make. So then I can set goals for what I want to make. Love that. Did you, did you set up your bookkeeping with our bookkeeping template? Yes. With the spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. That. Love okay, it. good. That was, how long did it take you to set that up? Um, it took, it took a little bit and then, um, it was nice. Connie helped me kind of walk through and finish setting them up. Um, but now that it is set up, like mm -hmm. I usually I wait until the end of, you know, like in February, I'm doing all of last year's and it's like a panic and I don't know what I'm doing. But now that this is set up, I'm already caught up. Like I've done January through today. Like Yeah. And isn't it so, isn't it so good. stressful to like wait until the end of the year? It's really stressful, but it was so hard to get started before because there wasn't an easy way. So unless I just pulled everything out and started typing it in, I didn't know how to how to do it in pieces and keep up to date on it. Yeah. And now like the template, it's so easy to just like, oh, here's one re one receipt. Let's just put, pop it in or <laughs> a little stack to do on Friday. Like it's, it makes it manageable now. So when do you, do you have a dedicated time that you do that or is it just whenever you have time? Um. So... I have like this dedicated space on my little desk. And when there's a nice, when there's a couple on there, I'm just going to pop them in. If oh, it's great. one, I have time. If it waits till there's 10, I think that's what I'm going to do. We'll see. Okay. I like, I like that. I like dedicated that. time. Well, once you get to module five, so I just, I checked you're in module four right now. So you're close. So once you get to part five, um, you'll create, we call it your finance Friday routine. And that's where you'll develop like what interval, like you want to do that on, if any. Okay. I always did mine every Fridays. And sometimes if I had a really busy Friday, I'd miss it. And then, you know, the next Friday I'd have to do two weeks. But this week I've been doing my bookkeeping every single day. And it's been kind of nice because it literally takes me three minutes. Because all right, I'm doing so is... so easy. Yeah, because I'm... Well, I'm just recording the transactions from yesterday. So I get bank deposit. Because now I sell a lot of like $30 products. So we have transactions every single day right with a lot of you wedding mm -hmm. folks you might only have like a handful a month um mm -hmm. whereas you know we're doing a book promo right now so like five people might buy our book today right and three people might buy the contract club so then i have eight transactions to record on monday um and so for me doing it monthly was taking like two hours and now i do it every day and it takes like three minutes and it's really nice okay so 
when you joined, all right, so you joined ProfitRx. We had you, we created your profit plan for you. And we had you skip module two. So you did module one, you set up your bookkeeping, right? And then you went through, um, what do you, what part are you working on now? If you remember. Um, so I think I finished the, what did I finish? I don't even know. I felt <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got through like the cash flow stuff. Um, did you do, did you do a one on one call with Bree? I did no, I did not. I did a one on one with with Connie. Yeah, yeah, with Connie. Nice, nice, nice. And do you go to do you attend any of the weekly co working calls? And I like to do the weekly co working. It is very nice um, to kind of keep me mm -hmm. focused and just not feel being like self employed and working from home. You feel like you don't have coworkers, right? right? So yeah. um, just even like sitting there knowing like, okay, other people are kind of working on the same thing at the same time, just have a good community feel to it. And then somebody might ask a question that I hadn't even thought of. I'm like, that's a, that's a great idea. I'd love to get an answer to that, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of nice. I do like the, the weekly calls. Yeah. That's, that's a big reason why we're shifting to do the unfuck your biz cohort again, because there's so much power in the group calls. And when we run the program on a cohort based model, it's everyone's working on the same module at the same time. So like week one, everyone comes with questions on bookkeepings. So we're setting up the bookkeeping templates in the first week of the program. So I think that'll be good. And then once we wrap up the program, people can come and join you in ProfitRx and go to the weekly ongoing co-working. I like that. I think that would be really nice. Yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. So what other, um, what are your other goals and objectives? What, what to-do list items do you still have in your business? Are you hiring anyone anytime soon? Any plans so to get on I, QuickBooks? I, um, I'm really excited to just, I've never been excited about numbers before, but I am excited to just see the numbers. Like, okay, I got this set up and I'm using this cash flow tracker and I want to see like how they fall. So I'm excited to watch the numbers. Uh-huh how I, you know, I, I almost completely booked out for this entire year. So I, it's just going to be nice to see where it all falls, how it comes in, what stuff, paint me the picture, right? Because yeah. I can't realize without it right in front of me. So I'm excited for that picture to come in. And um, yeah, I was maybe looking at hiring a little help for like the back end. Like I still want to, I want to be mainly in control because I think being creative people hire me for my eye, my vision, you know, my style, but having someone help when I, I have, I think in September, I am booked every Saturday. So yeah. if I get their stuff, I need a little help. Yeah. Yeah. Have you implemented your cash flow policy yet and started doing your tax savings and all that? Um, so I just did that this last week. Uh -huh. I set up, um, I set up my, business account and I created the little reserve pockets in there. Oh, good. Did and you set it? Did you use Novo? Because I got my first like um, payment through HoneyBook. It came in, it went there, stuff went to little pockets and I'm like, <laughs> it's just doing it. And I was, I got kind of did a little giddy dance probably. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how that, so did you, you set up Novo? Yeah. Okay. So client, how much was the client payment? Um, it was, 
1900? Yeah. Okay, so 1900 comes in your bank account. And what did you set your tax percentage up as? So um, I set, I think it was like 18%. No. I mean, it actually took, it took just 10% to my tax percentage. And then I'm also taking out what should be the sales tax and putting it in another bracket too, because that oh, beautiful. is chunk on a large sum. So I like, it doesn't even show as like, money that I have in there. So it goes so, out in different spots. Yeah. Now you should have like $190 in your income tax reserve. Yeah. Yeah. So how's that feel now that you like, don't even have to think about it. <laughs> you don't I have love to think it about because it. <laughs> it gets so scary. Like when it comes like tax season or like when it comes time to pay that quarterly sales tax and like, I like, where's the money and where's it going to be? And it's there already. And it's not, cause it's not my, it's nice to think that it's not actually my money to spend mm-hmm. For my business because it's already gone. Yeah, yeah. It's not gone. It's there for me to use it when I need it. So yes. Love that. It makes everything so much easier. I do the same thing for my personal like bank account now. So I have automatic savings. So now it's like I try to get as much of my finances automated as possible. And it's a process, right? So it's like adding one building block. That's what I recommend everyone does is like add one building block like once per quarter, right? So you started with income tax and sales tax. Do you have any other reserves? Um, that's all I have right now. Is there anything that you think that you would want to add? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe like, like a business slush fund. Do you have anything that you really want to spend money on in your business? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, when you when I want to buy something, like it's everything that I want to buy is expensive. Like right. a new camera is expensive. It needs a new computer. It's like, there's nothing just yeah. fun. It's all big, but. Yeah. What I like, what I always like to do in that circumstance then is like, just stick with your two tax, like tax reserves for now until you get your like main bank account, like your, your main account up to a certain dollar threshold you want it to be at. For mine, I like to have at least three months of operating expenses, like in my bank account at all times. And then once you get to that number, whatever that number is for you, then you can open a third reserve called like slush fund or business spending. I like to call it business spending as opposed to saving. Because mm-hmm. the point is business savings is money that you should save and never touch because it's there for emergencies. A business spending account is money that you're specifically setting aside to spend on something that you want to buy. So that would be your new camera and your new computer. Yes, um, I like that. And you can set that to 5% or 10%. And then once the money's in there to buy the thing that you want to buy, you buy the thing. And then it's time for the thing. Yeah. And you just automate it. Um, and then you don't, and then your balance doesn't drop below. Yeah. I like having a certain balance because if I want it to get there, because if my camera falls over in the wind, I have to be able to quickly buy something. And so I don't want, yeah, it's nice to have. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, if your camera broke, like that's an essential thing for your business, like that could come out of your emergency fund, I think. But if you that's want a new severe. camera, just because you want a fancier camera that could come out of your like goal. It happens. It rains. I got one rained on one time. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. The next thing for me, what I really need to start doing is automating retirement savings. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's something I haven't even thought of, but yeah, being self-employed, like that, that's a great thing that you really need to. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally. And it's like, 
I was going to say it's so easy for us married folks. No one wants to listen to uh, us married people like bitch about this, but it does make it, it makes it mentally harder to commit to saving when you have a spouse who is doing retirement savings. But um, my parents got divorced after 19 years. And my mom always told us after that, like never rely on anyone. It's like never rely on anyone or anything. You got to save your own money. I guess I haven't thought of that. Like being a school teacher, you have a really good retirement. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And but yeah, that doesn't mean that I get any access to that, right? There's no guarantee. Yeah, no get no guarantee. But I always tell myself, I'm like, well, you know, under ideal circumstances, I'll do my own retirement account. And when we retire, my husband will have his pension. And if we, you know, if we want to at that point in time, we could just cash out my retirement account and buy a vacation house. Right. <laughs> You never know. You never know what the future holds. Like Medicare or Social Security might not be here. It's it's a wild ride. Okay, so you got your so yeah, you got through. I actually misspoke earlier because I forgot that in Profit RX we only we only have four modules and unfuck your biz. We've actually changed it to six to six modules because we broke some stuff up. So you've okay. actually completed the core the core content of the unfuck your biz framework at this point. Okay. Okay. Well, I th I thought maybe, but then I, again, you know, they're numbered and numbers are not my <laughs> thing. And I did, I did start and I do some of the tax playbook ones too. And I kind of stuck those in the middle. So it is hard to kind of keep track. But... Yeah. 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 So we, we moved that back into like our core framework. So, um, lots of, lots of fun stuff happening. So as we start to wrap up here, any like final notes you, you would share what, what I think it would be fun to hear you talk about is specifically for people who've been in business for a while already, like yourself, what would you say to them if they were curious, like whether they're going to be getting any benefit out of this? Cause they might say, well, I've been doing this for eight years. Like I filed my taxes on time. Like, do I really even need this? Right. Which, um, I think was the scary thing about maybe wanting to start something is because I should know a certain amount of stuff because I've been doing it for so long. Um, and so it was kind of like, am I going to look stupid? Mm -hmm. It was really nice. And I think that it was hard to find somewhere locally because I do, you know, big on support local. It was hard to find someone who wanted to deal with a small company like myself also, because I had enough basic stuff set up from my years that they're like, well, we can't set you up. It was hard. And so this was perfect because you, you didn't tell me how to run my business. I know how to run my business. I've been doing this for 10 years, but you definitely helped me figure out how to manage the finances and define my goals. Yeah. Good. And well, it's also like, why would I tell you how to run your business? I don't know how to run your business. <laughs> right. But it was scary because like, you're going to come in and you're going to say, oh, you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do this and you have to do this. And it wasn't that way at all. And so that was really like nice to know that, okay, I can be good at this and bad at this and you can help me yeah. out making me feel that. Yeah. yeah I mean, if people, if people are doing things like commingling their funds and doing like legal stuff that we know is wrong, then we'll tell you to change that part of your business. But <laughs> as far as like how to set up your packages, like how to edit your videos, like those kind of things, it's like, if people need help with that, there are educators in your industry that can help you with that. But a lot of our students like yourself are at their point in business where they could be the educators on those topics. Right. So right. you're coming to us like for our specific skill set, and then so that's the other thing I always tell people is I say that marketing programs go with our programs like peanut butter and jelly, right? Because it's all we're all about 
we teach you how to keep more of your money, but we don't necessarily teach you how to make more money for that. Like you really got to dive into your marketing. And I could, I could teach marketing in the same way that you could teach marketing. So we've both been in business for a while, but there are other marketing mm -hmm. experts that, you know, are really the, really the go-to people for that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I like that. You need, you need to say that phrase more often. You did teach you how to keep it, but not make more because that is exactly how I feel. Yeah. 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 Well, we talk about, I, I talk, I talk about it in terms of, I call it the client to piggy bank pipeline. So the money comes from your client and the goal is to get it. The piggy bank is whatever your goal and destination is, whether it's like a savings account for a future house or a vacation or your retirement fund. And we talk about all the ways that money gets dropped out of that pipeline along the way. So we have taxes, we have business expenses, we have lost money for things we forgot we were paying for. We have client refunds because our contracts weren't written very well. So we're trying to like, we're trying to slow down the like flood of money into a trickle in certain circumstances and then like completely close off the pipeline and other circumstances so that more of it gets through to the end to your piggy. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. All right. Um, so Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. As you probably know, I have a Facebook group called Braden's Besties. If everyone wants to be one of my besties, they should go join or follow me on Instagram. If people want to become one of your besties, what's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And I, uh, yeah. What's your, well, what's your handle? How do they find you on Instagram and Facebook? Yeah, I'm at Hinkle Productions. Okay, at Hinkle Productions. So we will put that in the show notes, of course. Uh, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.